This week on Two Bears, One Cave. I start doing the math and you go, God damn it, I should have sold drugs when I was younger. <laughs> I think I'd be so much more successful. One of those kids has got your DNA and is going to make up millions of dollars. I hope so, because I've been watching them. Is it? Not all of them. I'm telling you that now. <laughs> I fucking love bacon so much. If cock tasted like bacon, I would have bruised knees. 100%. Hey guys, brand new episode of Two Bears, One Cave. And I apologize to all the horrible things Tom Segura has written about Europe on his Instagram. Tom hates fucking Europe. Can you believe that? Do you know who Tom Segura is? Oh, no. No, you know, you're going to have to inform me on a lot of... um... Oh, you don't know who Tom is? He's this. He's this. How many? How many? Sitting with me as 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 a guest bear today. Yeah. Country Wayne, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know, now you know. Fucking, when you want to talk about game changers in the game of comedy, Mm -hmm. you you put the hustle into comedy. Can I tell you? Do your friends with D Ray Davis, right? Yeah, D Ray Davis. Yeah. D Ray Davis. D Ray Davis is. My, he is the quintessential hustler in comedy. Mm-hmm. That guy, I don't know what stories he's told me that are secrets and mm-hmm. what stories that he told me that are, <laughs> are public, but he, to put some backstory, he was doing Monday night shows in Chicago and walking out with 30 grand in cash and a Gucci backpack. Yeah. Yeah, he a hustler, man. He, he still put together his own shows where he, he'll bring comedians and be the promoter. So yeah, D-Ray definitely a hustler. D-Ray is a hardcore hustler. And I got to be honest with you, you're the next generation of that. Yeah, yeah, man. You got 10 kids, so you know you got uh 10 kids. Let's start there. <laughs> Can I ask you a question that I hope you don't take offense to, but I think I would have a hard time doing. Can you name all your 10 kids right now? Go. Yeah, Tony, Tate, Mama, Leah, Alea, Christiana, Zaria, um, Honest, <laughs> Honest, uh, Kiyomi, Taylor, and uh, it's one missing in here. Malia. Dude, I got Malia. I, I got nine uncles that I've known my whole life and I couldn't name them. I was like, ten kids. How yeah. the dude so wait, you had your first kid at twenty two? No, nah, seventeen. Seventeen? I had seven kids by the age of twenty two. You had seven kids by the yeah. age of twenty two? Yeah. I'm from a country town. We didn't have no cable, so we had one thing to one do. Stoplight. One stoplight, man. One stoplight, no condoms. No condoms, man. <laughs> condoms were expensive. Yeah, <laughs> but child support was more expensive, so yeah, I should have been thinking long term. So when you had your first kid at seventeen, did you think oh, I could get into this? Oh, I was scared. Every child that I had should name should have been damn, <laughs> not again. You know what I mean? That's why I named a child before last honest because she was the only one that was honestly I was living honest right yeah. at the time. But yeah, man, oh, those kids, bro, I didn't mean to have either. <laughs> they just happened, man. That's the I would love to have ten kids. Yeah, it's it's amazing now, man. You know, it's you know. And you're thirty. Well, you're thirty five. Thirty five. Thirty five with ten kids, dude. You got you got retirement in the bag. One of those kids has got your DNA and is going to make up millions of dollars. I hope so. Cause I've been watching them. It's not all of them. I'm telling you that. Now. I'm, I'm telling you now. I've been watching. Like, damn. I just, okay. This one. God. Okay. Yeah, but. I got, I got, I got one of those that I'll be paying for for the rest of my life. <laughs> you know which one it is, too. Yeah, yeah. She, was, she wants to go look at colleges, and I went, "Really? <laughs> <laughs> Are we sure?" <laughs> yeah, my son just went to college. He, he went to a junior college, man, to play basketball. Oh yeah, yeah. Wait, how old's your oldest? He's uh, he's seventeen. Seventeen? Yeah. God damn, that's that's. So now, how how many how many baby baby mamas? Oh, um, five, I think. Five, you think? Mm. Wait, is there a possibility <laughs> of a stray country Wayne child floating around? 
I hope not. It was it was one that uh she it was a girl I dealt with in high school. She said a fourteen year old song was mine. Oh, for yeah, real? Yeah, I went to San Antonio, Texas to see, but it, it, he wasn't though. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't. And it's crazy. The mother had went through the, the transgender process. I didn't know. So when I got there, I'm like, I got a baby daddy. I didn't even know. That. I was I was confused for real. This really happened. <laughs> Wait for real, the mother transitioned. Yeah, she trans she transitioned not all the way, but she was on the outside. It's kind of be that first time you've ever heard one black dude look at another black dude going, "No, you have my baby." Yeah, matter of fact, she was a, she was a white girl. Oh, she was white. Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it, I, 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 yeah. I wonder what percentage of white. I wonder what percentage of the black community transitions versus the white community. I don't know. I don't really know. But she cool. Me and her cool. Like she. I, I accepted it as soon as I said I was just I didn't know. Yeah. But no, me and her, me and her cool though. So when did you get your shit together? Oh man, by the because 80s. hold on, let's let, like for people that don't know, I'm because I'm a fan. Uh huh. You've been making you been making internet material, Facebook material for a long time. You're like one of the first OGs in in, yeah. in content. 2014 October when I started. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the pandemic kicked in, and you doubled down on your game. Mm-hmm. And that's when you really kind of, that's when everything, so let, hang on, let's back up. I want to just back up. So what were you doing? I, I know what you were doing once you, as, from 17 before that happened. Mm-hmm. And so, selling drugs. Yeah, I was selling drugs. Yeah. And, sure. and so like, I'm fascinated by the amount of, and I, I wonder if it's because it's our community, mm-hmm. meaning like in the comedy community, mm-hmm. not a lot of people, not a lot, there's ve- seldomly do you hear like a Greg Giraldo where like, I was a Harvard lawyer and then I became a comic. Mm-hmm. Most of us were like, I wasn't doing shit. Yeah. Like Byron Bowers, uh, he was selling drugs. Miss Pat was selling drugs. Everyone I know was selling drugs. But like, I'm fascinated by the drug game because it seems like it's super accessible. Like, yeah. meaning you can, it's easy to get into. Yeah, it's easy to get into, man. The only thing you got to do is have a uh, school check or income tax refund, and you in the game. Really? Yeah. And so do you? did you start with marijuana? Nah, I went straight to cocaine. Really? Yeah, marijuana was too slow. That money was too slow. Really? That's what I would have done. I would have been marijuana and changed my lifestyle. They stayed they stay high too long with marijuana. Really? Yeah. Yo, you <laughs> you know, cocaine. You know, cocaine. You know, cocaine was the fast. You know, it was the fast money, and that's what my uncles and daddy them all sold, and a lot of my uncles did. So they was my first customers. For real? Yeah, I had I had a lot of in house customers, so <laughs> I got to sell cocaine. <laughs> Would you ever done cocaine? Nah. Oh, for real? Nah. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, I never, I never did it. For real? Uh, oh, it's. It really delivers. <laughs> like it, like all the things it promises. Like you know how you go to a New Year's Eve party and you'd be like, ah, I thought it was gonna have more fun. Yeah. If cocaine's there, that New Year's Eve party is everything you wanted it to be. Yeah, yeah. Cocaine. That sold it, but I never did it. Really? People were shocked I didn't do it either because everybody in the town knew my family. My family had did it so really? much. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, wait, where in Georgia? Where, I'm on a map in Georgia. Where are you at? My wife's from a small town. My wife is. We find out how many people grew up in Leanne's town. I think it was twelve hundred. Twelve hundred. Oh, she. Yeah, we're a little bigger than that. We was like three thousand. So you guys are like Leanne was grew up in a place called Bowden, Georgia. Bowden, Georgia. Oh, twenty one. Twenty one. Oh, 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 your wife's from Georgia too. Yeah, my wife's from Georgia. That's what's up. What's part of the reason? Like, I, I feel like I'm. I'm drawn. Where Where are you from? I'm from Tampa. Yeah, but you got. Yeah, you got this southern. Yeah. No, no. What you know? What you're hearing. 
sometimes when I talk to black guys, I do a little bit. <laughs> like, <laughs> I got to be honest with you, I do it. I can't, I can't help it. I, I would do it on TV. I didn't even realize I did it. Yeah. But I do it. I do it. And I watch other people do it, and I, I see them do it, and I go, oh, God. Like, Tommy does it bad. Like, yeah. Tom does it really yeah. bad. Yeah, Tommy does it. Tom's hey, like, he, he goes there. He'll be like, damn. But uh, yeah, she's from Bowden. And so 2200. And then you're from where's, Millen, Millen, Georgia. Where's Millen? It's uh it's between Augusta and Savannah, right? Okay. So I know it, I know where that is. Yeah, so it's kind of south uh it's south of Atlanta. South yeah. of Atlanta by Statesboro, Georgia. Yeah, Millen, Georgia, right? Statesboro is where the is that is that where the Almond Brothers are from? Yeah, hello, yo. They got the on um, the blues. They said, yeah, yep. yeah. Georgia's an interesting fucking place. Yeah. Because it really is it really, in my opinion, you go to Florida is so flat. Do you ever, you ever, did you go to Florida much as a kid? Yeah, we used to go to Fort Lauderdale all the time. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's Florida. It feels like someone built it. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Georgia feels like it's been there forever. Mm-hmm. Like especially those small towns where you drive through. I'm sure this is in Millen, but you drive through that one stoplight and you see the glass windows of the yeah. stores, and For you sure. go, "Those were here forever." For sure. For sure. Is it crazy to you? Like, I, it's so funny. Not funny, but like when I think of racism in the South and you think of a town that like Leanne's, there was 12, 2,100 people. Oh, yeah. They knew each other. Yeah, but. Like, it, how could they still be racist when they were that, they were, they knew each other. I think it was more of a, even a trend. I think that's what what it was. And they just took the longest to get out of that. But that's how I knew, even when Trump, I knew Trump was going to win. Yeah. When people was worried about him, like, he might not win. I'm like, no, I know his cousins. I know <laughs> I grew up with, he's going to win. So, because I grew up with those, and we kind of like, it was like racism, but it was like a family at the same time. Yeah, Outside the world, and when we leave that town and we seen each other somewhere else in the city, we come together. <laughs> because we all felt like outcasts. But in those times, man, it's racist to the to the T. What was the, what was the, what was the demographic makeup of your high school? Um, To my, how I many um, people was in high school period, like or just no, or no, just like black more, white, black white. It probably oh, I say fifty fifty for real. Probably more like probably sixty forty more white people. I really, believe. yeah. And and did you like my wife had never had Chinese food? Mm, oh, oh, we had Chinese food. I ate Chinese food, rabbit, squirrel. I'm a country <laughs> oh, boy. Leanne's had Leanne's had Leanne's had squirrel, rabbit, yeah, frog, frog. <laughs> no, I, ain't, I I didn't eat the frog. I ate the chicken feet. Yeah, chicken feet, man. I ate everything. We ate, you know, black people. We eat everything off the pig. If we could catch the oink, we'll eat it. If we could put that oink in a pot. I love showing to my daughters when you go into southern uh, convenience stores. Mm-hmm. They got the barrel of pink, pink pig, pickle oh, pig yeah. feet. Pickle pig feet, and I'm vegan now. So it, it's like, are you really? Yeah, I'm vegan. Uh, I've been vegan since 2015 because I ate so much of that stuff, man. Oh, dude, I actually can't eat pulled pork anymore. I feel like, I feel like I've, I'm done with pork. Not bacon, but like I feel like I'm done with pork. I can't. I fucking love bacon so much. If cock tasted like bacon, I would have bruised knees. I'd be, I'd be me too and dudes in steam room. Just, ah, ah, ah. Oh boy, you is funny, man. Man, I, I, am, you know I love they say bacon. bacon. Do the same thing to my dad here yesterday. They say bacon do the same thing to the mind as cocaine. I believe it. I believe it. And chocolate too. If I if I oh, have yeah. chocolate, I'm like that with chocolate. You ever went on stage with you know ate chocolate then went on stage? No. Yeah. No, but I'm trying that. Do you know what I've done? Uh, I've I don't know if this is common knowledge, but uh, Mitch Hedberg uh-huh. used to kill a bunch of vodka right before he did Letterman, mm-hmm. so that it hit him 
when he was on stage. Yeah. He liked the feeling of it hitting him. And I've done that before where I've I've been like How I want it. It's fucking phenomenal, but it's only good for like an 8 minute set <laughs> cuz then when you're done you're like, "Okay, this is I'm this is going on too long." I need to sober up. I can't. I'm not good at stand up drunk. I can do it. I can do it, but I'm not. You know one of the funnest clips I seen you do? What's that? You were talking about about the drinking. You like I'm not uh oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm never going to quit drinking. I was like, I'm going to stay healthy enough. So. <laughs> no, I feel like I'm on the line of that health right now. <laughs> Some dude was like, dude, I play that every time before we go out and party on Saturday night. And I was like, man, that was oh, hilarious, God. man. I wasn't, I didn't, man. you know, you can't pick what goes viral. You can't. I wish you could because I'd be giving inspirational speeches about fucking something. But you said what everybody you said what everybody wanted to say. Like people just that was a good like I'm gonna stay man. You were so serious, man. The delivery on that was, hey man, that was just hilarious, man. And that's what I love about. It's what I love about life. I love when you I I, I can't express it enough, but I I love the spontaneity of life. I mm-hmm. love when you're not expecting something. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if it's as simple as like the other day, my daughter was like. I, w- I was I was home and she was home and she came downstairs. She was like, "You want Taco Bell?" That oh man, <laughs> I mean, I heart skipped a beat and I was like, "Well, yeah, hold on." She goes, "I've been scrolling the menu in my room. They got the Mexican pizza back." And I was like, "For real?" <laughs> and so I was like, "Let's find a Taco Bell because I, I, I haven't eaten Taco Bell in a while." And so we went and got a Taco Bell. And I just gave him 200 bucks. I was like, just surprise us. Just make it razzle-dazzle. Yeah. <laughs> and we fucked up Taco Bell. I felt sick as shit later. Yeah. But that moment of the the enjoyment of spontaneity, I can't, I'll never want to get rid that, of. That's living, though. Even when you're doing bad, you might as well enjoy it. Because whatever the punishment. you, I, I got to tell people all the time, just with bills. Like, I always, I'm not about to worry and don't have the money. If I don't got the money for the bill, the wor- I'm not about to worry. Because that's too there's two things that's going wrong. So yeah, yeah. So I, I believe in that, man. Whatever you're gonna do, enjoy it. Like I'm a vegan, but I don't tell people what to eat because if I was eating a pork chop, and a vegan walked up to me and be like, "You shouldn't eat that, man. This I just paid twelve dollars for this. I'm about to enjoy." Yeah. Me getting sick. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, that's that's you living, man. Bert, you use a liver. So I'm, I am a liver. <laughs> <laughs> I better watch my liver. Hey, so what? What? So what did seventeen-year-old Country Wayne look like? Just Wayne? Were you always called Country Wayne? No, nah, I was just I was Wayne then. But just I, Wayne. Yeah, I was Wayne. But um, some people had called me Country in Savannah. I had with Savannah for a minute. But man, I was the guy that everybody, everybody trusted though, except for women sometimes. But everybody trusted man. Whether it was black people, white people, I was the guy. I was like the negotiator of life. Yeah, you know what I mean. I was the guy. Um, I already had two kids on the way. And I love women. Women is my thing. I always have been. You got you to gotta identify your thing. Oh, yeah. Women. I told people, I, I chose my drug because there was no other drug better than a woman. That it's, feeling when God gave, oh, my God. See, I don't mind. I, I have no problem. Is your beer fridge feeling a little empty? DoorDash is your door to beer without the run. Whatever drink you're in the mood for, they've got you. Order your alcohol with DoorDash today and drink in the savings. Use code BEARS. 24 to get 25% off, up to $15 value on a $35 minimum subtotal on your next alcohol order for eligible users only. I mean, there's like sometimes you just don't want to leave. That's me. Once we're at a spot and we're hanging out, I just don't want to leave. And now you don't have to. The alcohol selection on DoorDash is top 
shelf. Beer, wine, mixers, mocktails, and more can be delivered straight to your door. Save up to 25%, up to $15 value when you spend $35 or more with code BEARS24. So whether you're grabbing drinks for an event or staying in for the night, DoorDash is here to help you have a great evening any evening. Terms apply, must be 21 or older to order alcohol, drink responsibly, delivery and promotions available only in select markets. My favorite spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. Wow, how have I been living like this? It's kind of like when you find out that you've been paying a fortune for wireless. When Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month, when you purchase a three-month plan, more like, wow, how have I been affording this? It's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for $15 a month. We use Mint Mobile at the office, and we have been saving so much money since switching over, and setting up on Mint Mobile's website was super easy. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash bears. That's mintmobile.com slash bears. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash bears. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 per month. New customers on first three months plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. I have no problem with just with my one. Meaning like the prospect of of all the shit that goes along with finding a new chick, mm. uh, it gives me anxiety. I was talking to Leanne about this last night at dinner with my daughter Isla, which is crazy. Mm. But I said, I said, you don't ever have to worry about me cheating on you. And if I do cheat on you, know that it will be with someone very respectable. Yeah. It'll be with like Angelina Jolie or Charlize Theron. <laughs> like, it'll be a good L. Like, you'll be like, all right, I'm fine. Yeah. Like, I, because I don't, I don't really, uh, even in college, when I was like looking for a girl, I was always looking for a girlfriend. I always mm -hmm. wanted to find one person to f be with and fall in love with. Like mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a regular person. I don't want people to think that I'm preaching or that I'm mm -hmm. holier than thou. No. I'll go to a strip club. We'll have a blast. I'll have a fucking great time. My wife is very cool with that. But like I'm, I'm not. It when it comes to like where I show up at the end of the day, it's going to be with her, and it's going to be with her forever mm -hmm. because I dig, I dig, like I dig. The, the secrets you have with someone, the, 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 the stories, the, the fact that you don't have to talk, like the all the stuff that maybe I'm not good at in real life. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not, like you just saw me. I, I don't like silence. I, I want to talk. Mm -hmm. But there's times I should be silent and I can do that around Leanne. She makes me laugh. Like I like all that shit. And I'm a, I'm, I don't, I don't, and like I go, it's almost like, uh, imagine I f you find a really, there's a bad analogy. I hope mm -hmm. she's not listening, but you find a really good fishing hole and you go, <laughs> I enjoy catching bass. Yeah. I don't need to go tarpon fishing. I don't need to go marlin fishing. You're a blessed man. All I need is this. I think every man wish for that for real. You found it, but I'm the type of person I've dealt with a lot of women, but I'm going to be honest, that's what I've always wanted. And I've had relationships. I've been married before. It is, and that's that's the that's the best thing. And nothing's more comfortable and feel better and secure than when you got that person that you're with instead of trying to find other people. I'm yeah. just trying to find that one so we has anyone ever because here here's part of the deciding factor and why that I, I live like that i i i always longed to trust someone mm -hmm. meaning like i want i love the thing i love there's a lot i love about my wife and i sometimes when i i i, I isolate certain things 
it may sound like I'm ignoring other things. Mm-hmm. I'll say those so that everyone understands. I think she's beautiful. I think she's hilarious. All those, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Oh, we said it. We said it. Okay. Mm-hmm. She looks great naked. The, uh, but like the, all the things that you're supposed to say about women, yeah. that when you're married for 20 years, you just, you kind of forget. The one thing I love the most about her is I know that I can trust her. Mm. I trust her more than any human being in the mm. world. That is the coolest feeling. They've done it. I've had people try to do it with me and friends where they where they say, you know, your friend's doing this. And then and then you get worried. Am I getting fucked? Am I getting fucked? Mm-hmm. And then I, I, I only fuck with people that I trust you 100%. Anyone I don't, I can't fuck with you at all. Mm-hmm. And and there's one person I know for a fact would legit fucking die for me, and and she'd go broke with me. She'd live in a car with me. The only fucker mm-hmm. is Leanne. That's the only motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Like she is, and and I I know and I I'm a, I watched I watched you someone try to say who broke up with who on a fucking radio show yeah, one time, yeah. and I was just like oh, I'm so glad I don't have to deal with that. And but was what was cool. What I thought was cool that I couldn't deal with is I knew you in that conversation, you also didn't care. Like there was a real oh. big sense of you <laughs> not giving a fuck. Yeah. And you're like, okay, yeah, it doesn't matter. I'm not there anymore is what matters to me. Yeah. I heard that in your voice and I went, oh, I think she still cares. Yeah, she cares. Man. <laughs> I, 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 that's one thing about me. I don't care about, I never care about what people say. And, and if I'm with somebody, like if I'm in here with you, I don't care about what nobody on the outside say. It's me and Bert. Yeah, you know, and I'm that type of person. I just don't care. I'm talking, I don't have one care in me. Was it no? Was it no? I, I want because I want to. I uh-huh. want to get to how you got to where you are because right now you're getting you're setting up to shoot your Netflix special. Mm-hmm. Your online presence is is beyond impressive. Mm-hmm. You might be might be one of the highest earners I know in making creative content. Not just like I'm I'm about content, but my content's all about driving. They're all advertisements for my stand up. Mm-hmm. I wish I could do more of what you do. Mm-hmm. I want to talk to you about Boozy. I want to talk to you about T.I. I mm-hmm. want to talk to you about Drip. I want to talk to you. There's so much I want to talk to you about. But I, want, I really want to get to how you got to where you are because that's the hardest part. Like if anyone's watching, if, if anyone, especially anyone that wants to get into comedy, mm-hmm. there's a lot of people going like, how do you do it? My story's weird and unique in that I got discovered by Rolling Stone magazine. So mm-hmm. fuck, my story is not going to happen to you. Yeah. Like I got lucky. And I can give you we look, we can do the business talking like we do behind the scenes all mm-hmm. day long. But I'm curious about the the guy you were. What, what age do you feel like you became a man? A man, um, real talk. I, I really feel like I became a man at um at eleven for real. I had to, but uh, why? Uh, you know, my mom died at eleven, so I was like out there. And I ain't have no boundaries. You know, I ain't have to come home at a certain time, so you ain't had to restrict the shit. Yeah. How'd she pass? Oh, uh, she had a stroke. Yeah, For real? She, yeah, she had a stroke at the age of 32. Yep. So at that point, you know, when your dad and I... How there, many brothers and sisters? Uh, with her, I got more on my dad's side, but her was two, my two sisters and me. I was the youngest. I'm the youngest on my mom's side, the oldest on my dad's side. Yeah. So I think, and to be honest, to connect with that story, to answer your question, when she when she died, we got a we got a uh, social security check. So we went from being broke. So we getting a two. I'm getting two hundred dollars a month now from my mama from heaven. So I'm like, oh my god, we thank you. You know what I'm saying? So I think to fast forward to like what you're saying now, I think what got me to this point of figuring out social media and all that because I wanted to figure out how to sit home and make money. Because that's what you do. You yeah. do. You do. I mean, you tour a lot. Yeah. You tour a lot, but you do like 
legit, I think three months at home is shoot. Is it three months at home and shoot a year's worth of content? Yeah, I can shoot, I can shoot, I can shoot 30 skits in one day. And um, and I pay um, other people now to, they've been dropping, not my partners, I pay them per skit to drop skits on my page. So it's like my guy Mike, I give him $600 skit. He do four or five skits a day. You know what I mean? So it's so like. Your page is turning into a network. Yeah, it's a dope game. So I just, I'm buying the ounces for 600 but they flipping they flipping for 18 2000 3000 you know what I'm saying so it just i applied everything i know to the internet and the internet to me was the dope game all over again i feel like i was i'm back selling drugs and now and and now the CIA wants to buy them out of Nicaragua and have you yeah. sell them just into your community because that's the way the business works that's the way the business works and you got to work within the guidelines but I'm on the platforms of Facebook and stuff, so they get their percentage. Facebook and YouTube get their percentage. So I'm working with the system. I ain't trying to build my own platform. So 11 years old, like, do you, not to get too serious, but like, how, what's it like, what's it like losing a parent at 11? Your parents living together at the time? Oh, nah. No, nah. so you were just living with your mom and your mm-hmm. sisters. Mm-hmm. And I, fe- I felt like Kevin on, um, I felt like Kevin on um, uh, Home Alone. So it's like, it was sadness at first and grief. Okay, hold on. That's your. <laughs> that's it. Like, I know you make movies. That's the fucking movie. An adaptation of Home Alone, but it's with. It's your story of your parents just died. Yeah, it's died, <laughs> man. You're like, and, and, you, and you've got a fucking. That's fucking insane. Like Kevin from Home Alone. Keep yeah, going. Yeah, and emotions, emotions left. It was like, well, nothing's going to happen worse than that. So I tried everything. I was never scared to try anything that, except for things that I seen hurt her. Cause she used to, you know, she used to do cocaine, smoke weed, my, my uncles, my dad. So I, I stayed away from drugs, but I was just like, I had no fear because that, so I was like a kid. The worst shit that's going to happen happens to you. It already happened. So I'm like, you know, I ain't doing that crazy. Like I ain't running in front of no car or nothing like that. I wasn't spazzing out. Yeah. But the fear was gone. Like the fear of life of trying to hold on to something, man, that was over with. So did you enter? Did you did you move in with your dad? I moved in with him for like two months, but he disappeared. Like he literally, I went to my cousin's house for the summer, came back, he was gone. I, I moved in with my grandma. Uh, I wish I could put my like. I'm sorry that I'm so no, no, I'm asking so many questions. Great. What did it like? I know what Leanne's hometown looked like, and it was mostly like. For lack of better words, I apologize to anyone Bowden if I'm underselling Bowden. There's nicer parts of Bowden, mm-hmm. but Leanne didn't grow up there. Mm-hmm. Like she grew up in in like more like a, a upgraded trailer yeah. uh, trailer park. Okay, like upgraded. Uh, I don't know the right way to say it. I don't manufacture homes. Yeah, yeah. And so what what did uh what 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 did your house look like? What did oh, you what did we stayed in a tent? We stayed in a tent trailer, man, right by the railroad track. The railroad track was what. A hundred feet, uh, ten, twenty, yeah, about 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 three hundred feet, and it's to brrr, shake the trailer. We had no heat, really? no air. You know what I'm saying? So it was like a ten trailer. Summertime is hot, and the wintertime is cold, and it was just and it does get cold as fuck in Georgia. Oh man, it get cold. People forget that like, that's like the beginning for Southerners from Flor- Floridians because we had hot. It was hot all year round. Jordan was the beginning of the north for us. Yeah. Like, we were like, oh, you got mountains, you got hills, you got red clay. Like, this is like, we're in a different demographic. Yeah. You don't have alligators anymore? Okay, you guys are (laughs) in the north. Yeah. So, it was 10 trailer, man. It was poverty. You know, we had, we we didn't have no money. So, yeah. That's crazy. And then, so your, your mom passes, 
who do you get advice from? From like as like I'm trying to figure out. I'm I'm I want to pick apart because the thing is like all the formative years of me were done by my father, my uncle, mm-hmm. and my other friends' fathers. Like where you look and go, oh, that's the man I want to be. You can see hints of who I am today mm-hmm. as a man based on my friends' dads and my dad and my uncle. You can mm-hmm. see that. So like at eleven, who do you start getting advice from? Is it just your sisters or no? My uncles, I, my uncles, my grandma. I got advice from everybody, but my dad. And my uncles, when they were in their prime in the dope game, that's yeah. who I wanted to be. But they had started falling off after my mom died. But when they was when when they were in their prime, they was the guys that walked through with the money, the clean clothes, the really? you know the good energy, you know. Because none of my family was violent. We was hustlers, but we never guns wasn't wasn't our thing. Yeah. It was just like women and money. So yeah, it was my uncles and my daddy. I was um you know and my uncles. I I used to ask a lot of questions to all grown people whether they had money or not, I pick out what I want from them, or what I need to know. I ask my grandma, like, grandma, what y'all liked about men back in the day? Da, 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 da. And I apply that to today because I knew before I even ever read the Bible, I already knew that nothing's new under the sun. So yeah. I would listen to people. I'm a great listener. Like I'm you, a horrible listener. Yeah. <laughs> I might be the worst listener alive. I'm, I'm the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. I would watch people and I would see the things I didn't like mm-hmm. and I would just apply that to my life. Oh, Bert, you're, you're hilarious, man. I would just go like, I was like, ooh, I don't like this guy. He's throwing up in the front yard. He's a grown-up. This doesn't look good. Don't ever be the guy to throw up in the front yard. Don't ever be the guy to throw Like, I remember those moments. And yeah. that's I, that, to, and to this day, there's a song uh, by Perfect Circle called Judith. And their opening line is, uh, is how I formed my life. You're such a great example for the way that I never want to be. Yeah. And so I looked at those and tried to identify those, and I, so funny, I never, and then the things I wanted, like I remember uh, I wanted uh, I wanted an odd colored Mercedes Benz. Yeah. Like I, I liked, my buddy uh, came in and Croy's dad had a brown, a brown Mercedes Benz, like a, like a brown, mm-hmm. with a brown interior, and I thought, that's cool. It's such a way to not give a fuck. Yeah. Like, t- you see people with the flashy colors cars, and he rolls in, and something, it just, it said something about his personality. I didn't buy that car. I have bought cars like that. But the car I have now, I have a, re, I have a has a chocolate interior. And Leanne mm. didn't like it. And I mm. went, yeah, but that's why I like it. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. And what did you see as a kid that you went, well, I, I, I'm, 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 gonna, I'm gravitating towards that. I want one of those. Or I need, oh, like, my that. dad. My dad had a Grand National, man, 1987. Grand National? And I got one now. Yeah, I got a Grand National steel. Uh, you know, uh, it's part of my garage now. There's a grand. There's a Grand National community. There's a dude I follow. I think I follow him through uh, Carlos. Uh, Carlos Miller. Yeah, I think I follow him through Carlos. Where the guy goes, hey man, you guys keep asking. I'm not selling my Grand National, but here it is, and he just shows it off every day. And I yeah. go, what are you showing it off for? What's what is it about a Grand National that you like? Man, it's just got that style, man. It's, look at it, it got that. It's that G body. It got that lean to it. It got that talk to it, and it just, and it's that turbo is, it whistles when you match the gas, and you know, it just got that thing. My dad had one, and it's something about a Grand National. Kevin guy. Hart has a Grand National. Yep, Kevin Hart has one. All right, punching. I'm buying a Grand National. Yeah, man, you got. I'm buying a Grand. Do I remember being driving in a Grand National for the first time and being like the that and the only other one, uh, it was a was a Lincoln Mark Five. Mm-hmm. was the coolest car I've ever been in. Mm. It was a Lincoln Mark fi- 5. No, it was not a Lincoln Mark 5. <laughs> <laughs> it was type in type in uh 80 type in 87, 1987. 
It's just not even Lincoln Mark and the 1987. Can you believe I lived in the 90s? Yeah, that's the yeah. car. That was a badass fucking car. Yeah, yeah, that purple clean. one right there. It was two-door. It was fucking... That was a badass fucking car. It's clean, man. It's like cars back then had this thing to it. Yeah, and it was it was not, it was comfortable in the back seat, but we were skinny then, so everything was comfortable. Yeah, and we rolled joints in that car, and you f- felt like you were untouchable. Yeah, man, nice car, man. It got that, you know. So that's what I like: the nice cars and clean. You know, you know, it's like to be clean. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, a man. A car does so much for you, and it's funny. LA's a LA's a car culture. Mm-hmm. Georgia's a car. I was trying to explain this to my but the, my buddy you just met, Jimmy. Mm-hmm. I, I I feel like our taste in music is based on cars mm. because we took in it's it's the same as tobacco. Mm-hmm. It's all about the delivery system. Mm-hmm. So like uh, in the south, a lot of people dip because they're out outside. They're dipping. They're doing stuff with their hands, so they have time to smoke cigarettes. So then that's their delivery system is through tobacco mm-hmm. in your mouth. In New York, you're out. You're quick. You're smoking a cigarette. You're, it's it's you, there's nowhere to spit because it's every so no one. I remember when I moved to New York, I noticed no one dips. So it's because you're spitting on the. It's gross. Mm-hmm. But in the south, you could just spit. So then all of a sudden, I'm smoking cigarettes, and I'm like, well, "This is fucking stupid. I don't smoke." But at that same time, I realized the hip hop that I had grown up on was all meant to be taken in in a car. Mm-hmm. Outcast is a car. That mm-hmm. is a car band. Mm-hmm. And then you go to this to 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 New York, and you're like. Oh, Wu-Tang Clan, they want you to hear that in your ears. Mm. They don't give a fuck if you're in a car. I would argue Wu-Tang doesn't play great in a car. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's me, by the mm-hmm. way. I, so, I can't believe I'm... I, you want to talk about cultural appropriation. Mm. I'm a 50-year-old white man explaining to a black man about hip-hop. <laughs> Mark this down in the things I get canceled for. <laughs> but like, that's what one of the things I noticed yeah. was like everything's a delivery system. Like d- 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 Dr. Dre, Snoop, mm-hmm. that's all feels to me... That's car music, mm-hmm. and so, but I guess New York's only like New York, Philly, mm-hmm. like the, uh, the Fresh Prince was I was like all very lyrical, mm-hmm. but uh, but yeah, and so I listening to, I, I there's certain songs I can't listen to in my car. Mm-hmm. That makes sense, you know, and especially Miami bass music. Yeah, that's meant to be driven slow through. Like that's the, it's you know it's you got it down to the side. You a deep thinker, Bert. Like I was up all morning. To, I was up all morning thinking about this. <laughs> I was up all morning thinking about how I was trying to isolate my favorite moments in uh, in music mm-hmm. and 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 why I veered from hip. Like I'm not listening to hip hop mm-hmm. right now. Right now I'm not and and. I'm listening to a lot of the Grateful Dead, but there's been periods in my life where I listen. I go into the Grateful Dead, Fish, Wilco, like all these like jam bands, mm-hmm. and then there's times I go really thick into hip hop. And I'm trying to figure out, for a joke, obviously, why I choose hip hop at certain points in my life, and 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 what hip hop I've chosen, and mm-hmm. why I've chosen it. Yeah. And I was trying to isolate the first hip hop song I ever listened to. Yeah. Do you remember the first? I mean, it's, it, I'm assuming I, I, it was in your house. Yeah, the, I think the first. What year were you born? I was born 1987. Okay, so I'll tell you what was, uh, uh, 1987. Uh, there was the big thing in 1987 was uh, Jam on it. Mm-hmm. Do you remember Jam on it? Jam on it. Jam on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Jam, 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 jam on, on it. it. Yeah. It's day comes to night, and night turns to day, and Jam on it. And then uh, there was this band called Mantronics mm-hmm. that had this song Baseline that was really popular. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm trying to go back 
to find the first hip hop song that I listened to that I went, that's it. And, yeah. uh, and I, I'm, I think, I think mine was on that I really listened to and paid attention to. I think it was Tupac. I think Tupac was, yeah. So that's got to be, I'm going to guess, 1990. Razor Blade. Yeah. 1990, uh, probably 95, I'm yeah, guessing. Yeah, when I really listened. Because for some reason, I've always been an R&B guy. I'm really? an R&B guy, man. I'm an R&B guy. Like, what's define R&B to me? Like, you mean like Luther Vandross and... Luther Vandross, um, yeah, people like that, you know, Whitney Houston, Mariah Carey, for sure. Yeah, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a R and B guy. I love the smooth R and B, good music. I like uh, older um, Otis Redding. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, yeah, Otis Redding's a tragic story. You know his story? Yeah, what happened? He had one album out. I think it was only out for like. Not, type in Otis Redding. He died. He di- he put out an album. Is one album, and then he died immediately thereafter. I think I'm Hold thinking up, of the right person. Like how long after? Like I, eight months after putting out this fucking amazing album. Wow, how did he die? Uh, I think go to go to his Wikipedia. I just picked my nose. That's crazy. <laughs> I just straight up picked my nose. Um, go to his Wikipedia. Go to his Wikipedia. That's this crazy. is discography. I did not know that, man. That's crazy. Go, go to his Wikipedia. I got my white brother explaining to me about a black legend artist. Go man. in, I go in, so bad go to death, go to death. Uh, death. 1967. There, I think it was a plane crash. It was a mm. beach crash, yeah. He appeared on an upbeat television show. He's uh, produced in Cleveland. But I think he'd only put out, I th- he, he was very young in his career. Hmm. 1967. See when his first hit, "Sitting on the Dock of the Bay," was released in 1968. So, like he, I think he, everything was came out posthumously. He died at 26 years old. Mm. He died at 26 years old. Mm-hmm. That's so fucking young. I mean, it's not technically it's not young back then. Elvis was like fucking 30 when he died, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like, mm-hmm. but like, 26 then is old, way older than us today. But like, you could do things less under a microscope. Mm, exactly. You know, like uh, like I, I just watched Elvis. Elvis was forty two when he died. I just watched the movie Elvis. Have you watched it? Yeah, I watched it. I, I was like, well, I was blown away by just how much he outright stole from black people. Like it was like you're like, oh, those he didn't write any of those songs. <laughs> <laughs> so he he didn't. He just watched black people play the songs. I was like, I can do that. Uh-huh. I mean, he literally took everything. Yeah. I mean, and and then. And then sold it to white people, and white people, the white establishment hated it because they were like, "He's doing black people stuff up here." Yeah, you're not. We don't want anything. It's fucking insane to me. Yeah, that movie made me cry. Yeah, and then Colonel took a lot from him. Like, it's crazy. The Colonel was a fucking bastard. That was crazy, man. That dude was a bad fucking dude. It make you think, man. It make you not. Nah, there's some good managers and agents out there. Let's give it up for managers and agents. But it do make you look at. Certain people funny. That okay, is- here's a question: Do you have that brain? Do you, could you go full Elvis, mm-hmm. where you say, or I say, I'm gonna sign a deal with you? Okay, mm-hmm. twenty million dollars a year. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about the rest of the money. Twenty million dollars a year. You're gonna do keep doing what you're doing. Twenty million dollars a year. Netflix special every eighteen months. Uh, you're gonna do a movie every year. We need you to keep putting out content. I'm gonna put you on your. I'm gonna put you on my schedule. You're mm-hmm. getting twenty million dollars a year. Don't worry about the rest of the money. But I'm gonna get you twenty million dollars a year. Mm-hmm. And you're on Elvis' time. And could you give up 
knowing what happens behind the scenes, the way the colonel was making all that money yeah. at the casinos to clear his debt and unlimited gambling, uh-huh. could you do that and just be happy? It's Because ultimately this comes back to women. Yeah. It's like with Leanne, yeah, I could do that. Yeah. I, 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 couldn't, I, couldn't do, I couldn't do that, not at this state. No. Nah, I couldn't do that. You'd be up at night going, how much are they making? Yeah, uh, What's the full amount of money brought in? Yeah, I just, at this point, I know too much. But, you know, yeah. if somebody come grab me from the beginning like that, you know, ain't no telling what I do. But I'm street. I get. I know how to get out of it. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. I, and it's not violent. I just, I figure out, man, I save my money. But, you know, you can always buy your way out of something with, we, your, with your own money. But, we were talking We were talking about that the other day. 360 deals. You know, th- those mm-hmm. are. Yeah. Uh, I had a company try to put me into a 360 deal, and I realized what was happening. A little late, but yeah. I realized, and I was like, whoa, 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 what the fuck is this? Yeah. No, 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 you don't get everything. You want everything I do? No. Because you're going to be able to sleep. I feel like when business is not right, your life can't be right. So I think to be a good artist, that business have to be right. Yeah. And if not, it's, you're going you're gonna to feel it. You're gonna Your art going to suffer from it because it's hard to perform, man, when that business is not right and people just... Man, it just, everybody just, it's too many people try to pull off it, you know? What was the thing that got you out of the drug game? Oh, the comedy. The same phone I was, was hitting lips. By the way, you've, you've blown up. You got three phones now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to figure which ones are which because I have, I have two phones. I'm about to get a third. Yeah. I'm about to get a third for just for me. Con- this the one I film my content on, so all my videos. Oh, oh I have, yeah, I have, I have, my, have even more. Keep going. Yeah, yeah, I talk on this one personal, and this, and this one's just... Just in case it got the same iCloud, so just in case I'm on this, so I could go live with this one or something. But yeah, but nah, I got a. Uh, I got. If a you drug. meet if you meet a girl tonight, what phone number do you get? What phone does she get? A she gonna get phone? this one for sure. Okay, I'm trying to meet a wife though, Bert. You know, I want I want a wife. I can set that up. I want I want a wife. I want to come in and my hat's hung up, real nice. <laughs> <laughs> I want to come home. I want want don't have to worry about. Things just yeah. I want to. I wish I could bring. That would be a cool TV show if I could bring all my wife's ex boyfriends over, uh-huh. and just go look what she did. Yeah, she did this with me. I'm nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine what she could have done with you. You'd have Range Rover when she met you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mate. Yeah, that's crazy. So, so how did the what? How old were you when the comedy started popping off? Uh, well, twenty twenty seven. I was twenty six, going on twenty seven. But 27. I had a nightclub. Um, so I was 26. Wait, hold on, start it, then back it up. When did you get a nightclub? Oh, I got that 2014 also. Before before I took off. It's crazy. All that happened at the same time. But before that, I was throwing parties. But I got nightclub 2014, went viral 2014. First video went viral was the... Uh... Man, you have to fake like you like your girlfriend's cooking. Man, I nipped that video. People were Israel. Guys from Israel were coming. Wait, can you... Is it still up? Yeah, it's can you on play YouTube. It? Can you play it? Yeah, for sure. Hey, play it. Would you play it, Austin? We have to fake like you like your girlfriend's cooking. By the way, I, yeah, I live with my wife. Keep, I, I should get this video. <laughs> my wife can make, my wife makes, you'll get this, you'll get this. My <laughs> wife makes, you, we can hear each other with these on. Okay. My wife makes, because uh, she grew up in like poor, a poor part of uh, <laughs> every, every, all the ingredients come out of like a Piggly Wiggly. Yeah, so, we had a Piggly Wiggly. So also. she's like, she's like, you're like, wow, this is great. And she's like, Granny, tell them what you made in this. She goes, well, you need a sleeve of Ritz crackers. You need two Slim Jims. Pour a little mellow yellow in it. And you're just like, oh, this isn't fucking good. Look at how young you are. Yeah, I was young, man. Cool, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
Oh, you got, you got good. You good? You sure? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you ready? This piece, this piece got a lot of shit on it. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's perfect. 27 seconds. Yeah, man. No editing. No, Audio's good because the phone's up close. You shot it vertical, which no one was shooting vertical then. Yeah, I started vertical, man. I, the reason why I never edited because I was so country. I thought movies were filmed. I didn't know about editing. You, so you, were shoot, about, you were shooting like everything was the Birdman? Yeah, I'm thinking everything straight through. So I didn't find out until 2016 that things are edited. I, Turns out you're not country, you're Dutch. Yeah. That's like a big that's like a big movement in in uh in Scandinavia that to shoot everything just uh, one shot. Oh yeah, that's so that's what I grew up. So that's how I still to this day I shoot my content, no editing. I just I just shoot it. Really? Yep. And so cause you I heard you break down like the the brilliance of a video. Mm-hmm. Shoot it vertical on your phone mm-hmm. and no editing. No editing, man. That way, as soon as I film a video, it's up immediately making money. So how many takes do you do when you do a video with Boozy? Boozy? Uh, I think it was two. Two? Yeah. Yeah. That was, I, I couldn't tell if he was acting or not. No, nah, he was kind of serious, man. He got kind of <laughs> serious, especially when I pulled out the money. He was like, yeah, so. He said, we all got money. Yeah, he he got serious about that. And like, you're like, oh, I, I, you said the line that you will be hearing come out of my um, out of my mouth is know that it's coming from Boozy. It's, uh, is, uh, you'll know when I'm mad, my eyes get yellow. Yeah, my yellow eyes. I got yellow eyes. My dead eyes. I said, okay. Shoot. They was getting light orange. So I said, it's time to get out of here, man. Boozy get mad. But no, nah, he was cool. How man. much did you hang out with him before you started filming? Oh, I didn't hang out that long. You just went uh, up. No, it was, it was about a, we stayed about 20, about fifteen twenty minutes. Yeah, he was late to to his house. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. His, so his family was there. So I seen them. I seen them there. But then he popped up late, and we filmed the video. And I talked to him a little bit, and we did. Yeah. Yep. And then what was uh, what was it like working with Ti? Because Ti seemed like uh, that seemed like it might have been more than one take. Oh yeah, Ti was cool. He kept laughing, but Ti was man, that was cause that was my guy that I looked up to in the rap game. Okay, let's let's celebrate Ti. Yeah, yeah. Ti might be. There's lines that I, I loved. Was it ATL? Was his movie with mm-hmm. with Big Boy? Yeah. One of my favorite lines in any movie ever, ever, ever. It's in that movie. Do you know what it is? Big Boy delivers it to Ti. When he pulls up in the car. Okay, hold up. Who's the car? I know he asked about the money. What did he say to you? He pulls up and he goes, I don't know if you've heard. Light skinned brothers ain't in, in his oh, yeah, style in, no in style yeah, no more. That's right. <laughs> that's what my, yeah. Light skinned guys ain't in style no more. <laughs> that's crazy. What a funny fucking lie. I just, I know, look, I don't, I'm sure I probably don't get it the way everyone's supposed to get it, but I just thought it was such a funny thing to say to someone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like if you pulled up and you're like, oh, I don't know if you heard, redheads aren't in style no more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, that definitely, man. That, 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 that was a hood classic, man. T.I. was, T.I. is, it's cool to see him doing all these different things too because he's a guy that is podcasting now yeah he's T. doing stand-up now everything yeah, he's doing stand-up uh no ti man he could he was supposed to be the one he was one of the only rappers that everybody kind of agreed on not everybody but everybody from every group of people agreed yeah. on. you know what I'm saying you got the hood the, the, the church some people in the church liked him the white people black people he was one of those ones man he had a what was that dale earnhardt what, um, was it daryl earnhardt jr yeah he had the car Commercial? Oh, I, mean, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, he had the NASCAR man. He was. 
He's smooth as fuck. Yeah, he was smooth, man. He was, he was, man. He was the guy that really made me. I was working a job at a, a power plant because I had stopped hustling one time. I, I tried not to sell drugs. I was working a construction job. I was happy with my kids. I didn't even care about being famous anymore. My son was real good at baseball, so I was like, I'm gonna live through him. Yeah. But man, I seen a video with Ti, which uh, whatever you like, and he was sitting on a private jet, and I I looked down at my steel toe boots, and I started crying a little bit. I said, Oh man. I got to get back out here in these streets, you know, turn up. But yeah. he was one of the ones that inspired me to keep chasing my dream for real. Um, I, t- I remember I used to parent using T.I. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember Georgia got into an, there was an issue at school. And I, and I remember playing, uh, um, you don't know me. Yeah. And I was like, Georgia, they, they don't know you. You, they may think they know you, but they don't know you. Yeah. And I said, let me let me let you listen to Ti mm-hmm. Georgia and G- Georgia and I, me, uh, me and the girls. Uh, this is it's gonna sound so horrible. They said it to me the other day. They go, uh, we were talking about songs I should come out on stage to, and they were like, what about that one? The three things you you're not supposed to do. And I said, oh, alcohol, pussy, and weed mm-hmm. by MJG and Eight Ball. Mm. And they're like, yeah, I used to play. And then someone was like, you used to play that for your daughters. And I go all the time. <laughs> but my daughters were into the beats. Uh, I uh, like my top, lay it back, lay it back. I like my beat, down, down low, low, down low, down low, low. Yeah, bring them out, bring them out. out. I mean, hot. there's Ti has so many bangers mm-hmm. that so many that. When, do you remember when he called out what's his name for a verses? Oh, uh, who was Fifty? No, was, was yeah, it? he said he said to Fifty. He goes, yeah. "You're he goes, you're the Nelly of the North." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he'll he'll crush fifty, man. And so you, but you, when what was it like shooting with Ti? Oh, it was cool, man. You know, um, because we had a show that next night, uh, coming to show that he came to, man, it was dope, man. It was just um him, that character I had created, drip was so accepted by the hip hop community. It was just like a, you know, a dream come true for real. Yeah, and was he? Did he? Because he he was a he was an active participant in that, whereas Boosie is was a little more like. He drip shined. Ti was just like hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, it was it was it was more artistic for real, you know. Shoot with Ti, but man, it was great, man. They that that character drip got so popular, I had to stop doing them. Yeah, yeah. Drip got too popular. Really? Yeah. You could, you know, you really could have just done that on stage. You could have just transitioned and just done drip on stage the way, like Larry the Cable Guy or a lot of mm-hmm. guys. Their characters get so big they can just transition, and that goes on stage. But I was sells- like, how long did that last? I was worried about that. It could, you can, I think, I think what they do is like, I mean, look at Bobcat. You know Bobcat Goldthwait? Uh-uh. So he's a very popular comedian in like the, sadly, it, was, it really is before you were born. It sounds crazy to say, but like a police academy was a huge series of movies. Mm-hmm. And he played this character like, mm-hmm. he would just, he was more avant-garde than the average stand-up. This is when stand-up was in Suits. Mm. And like and like, for white comics, they were in suits and they were like, "So, uh, whatever happened to the dot dot dot?" Mm. Jerry Seinfeld and him hate each other. Mm. They hate each other, and so Jerry Seinfeld hated this because Jerry Seinfeld was very much like, "What? Whatever happened to the other sock?" I'm I'm not doing a good Jerry Seinfeld impression yeah. either. Uh-huh. I'm not representing either of these gentlemen well. But like, there were the two sides of stand up, mm-hmm. and so and so. 
Bob has since morphed into what he does now, which is just straight stand-up where he talks, tells stories. And mm-hmm. you can see a hint of where this character came from, mm-hmm. a hint of what was making him nervous on stage. He'd accentuate it. Mm. And, but but this was at a time when, like, Larry the Cable Guy was big. You know Larry the Cable mm-hmm. Guy? For sure. And Larry the Cable Guy was just, it, it was, uh, he was, a, his name is, is not Larry the Cable Guy. He would call into radio stations as this character and then he'd show up to the comedy club and do that character you could have very easily done that with drip and then like larry and like bob kind of morph it a little bit into who you really are mm-hmm. but it's, it's it's a tough i see i was i was bigger than drip right so i, I was country wayne doing i was selling my comedy clubs before drip yeah so when drip came thank god i didn't start as drip because i understood characters. that would have been a prison yeah it's like medill like tyler perry but medill so big he, is, he couldn't get bigger than Medea, and eventually characters don't keep working. I, I watched one of those Medea movies. Mm-hmm. I see it. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. Like, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Here's the thing, man. You don't need... This is the thing about... And I think I might have heard you say it also. I remember my dad... I remember my days... I, there was a baby blue uh, Mustang convertible, and my dad said, you know, hey, we, we can get a good deal on this. It's, it's not a, no, it wasn't a convertible. Baby blue Mustang, mm-hmm. um, two door. I think they all were two door, like in the eighties, eighty five. Mm-hmm. And my dad's like, "Hey, I can get a good deal on this if if you like this car, we'll get it." And I said, "Who the fuck wants a blue baby blue Mustang?" And my dad goes, "Not everyone wants a fucking red or black Mustang. Like there are other people in this world. That is the most prophetic statement when it comes to art. Mm-hmm. Not everyone." is 50 cent or going to be a 50 cent or going to be the coolest guy in the club that has tons of money and tons of jewelry that wants to see the flashiest comedian there are a lot of like uh the church community and i think you said it it was aunties who have money who want to go and enjoy comedy and enjoy Mm -hmm. facebook Mm -hmm. and you you don't and you you don't have to have like like dane cook had the coolest fucking fan base Mm -hmm. you don't need there are there are there is that people and then there's uh, their friends they work with, and the, there's lots of people out there that you can cater to. It doesn't have to be the hottest, prettiest people in the world. Mm-hmm. And, and I think if you treat your audience the best, I think that's when other people come. It's like a woman when they see you treat your woman good, that's when they come. So when you just cater to your audience and really feed them, other people come join because they want to. They want to be treated like they're being treated because they the people they follow might not be treating them the same. So it's, I believe in that model. Just. Man, if you because everybody's connected deep down anyway, so I believe if you just treat your audience the best, other people will come. Yeah, I think you're right. I think, uh, and at what point did you start realizing you had an audience? Um, it was 2000. As soon as I started, I, I just knew I was ready for the moment. I was waiting on the moment anyway. Yeah. So I just, man, as soon as I started, I got 2,000 followers, and I knew I'm about to blow up. Really? I, yeah, I knew I was going to blow up. I dropped three videos a day after that for like a year straight. And just kept grinding, and by um, I, I jumped out 2014 October. By that March, I had a million followers on Facebook. Holy and after shit. that, I just kept grinding. Kept and grinding. what year is this? 2014, 2015. Yeah. I picked up. A million. I saw you for the first time 2017. Yeah, is when I started really focusing on uh, social media. I, I I saw you on on uh, on 2017 on Facebook, and I was like, whoa, you were huge. You, I mean, you're huge yeah. now, but I had kind of stopped by, by then. With grinding on a year straight, I was doing enough where I could make a million dollars a year doing clubs. So what I was doing, I was getting good and comedy, and I left social media. I didn't fully come back again for real until the pandemic. Yeah, because I was, I, you know, I jumped off 
and then started doing stand-up. So I had to go put them hours in. Mm -hmm. So I kind of disappeared from social media, but I had did enough grinding in one year. You had just a digital footprint that was floating yeah, around. Yeah, I was going to make, yeah. And then, you know, um, but yeah, so I was getting good on stage. When I came back, I knew how to, when this pandemic hit, I just knew, I know the social media game. Yeah, I just know that. I just know that. It's a game. You know, I always, when I was young, I see my daddy themselves by their drug stores, and they was getting the bricks for like 16000 And when I when I got in the dope game, I was paying $32,000. i am like, man, I wish I was back then. I always wanted to be the beginning of something. I said, if I ever catch the beginning of something, I'm going to take a full advantage of it. And that's what it was with social media. I was like, oh, I'm at the beginning of this, so I'm going to learn the ins and outs and just – and I kind of, you kind of could see the way the game going. You make it makes you understand kind of Hollywood too. Once you you ever you ever start working on your car and then learn because you you did one step, two steps. So that's how social media is. It made me understand the industry. I'm like, oh, if I'm got this little piece of sand and I'm able to pay my cast and everybody, you know, two hundred thousand dollars a month. It cost me two hundred thousand dollars a month to make that content. So I ain't just profiting six, five, six hundred, but. I was like, imagine what the studio was really making by owning this content. So that's what made me like, uh-uh, man, I got to help write these movies and get behind them and try to get a part of that back end. Well, you need to, and you need, you need to succeed a little bit on your own turf to before you can go. Oh, I could, I could do this. Mm -hmm. Like we did for my, for my movie that we uh, we did a scene in this one place. They were just going to tear down, and I was like, well, hold on, you just built a whole scene. Like you know what any of us would do with yeah. that if we had a scene. You you build a whole set, it's lit and everything. Yeah, can we shoot something else in here? And yeah. they're like, like what? I said I don't fucking know. But like we're not just. I mean, cost effective wise, we're it's a half day. We're done the scene, but like let's. And so we shot another scene, and and it became the end of my movie. And and so you go, and then I started thinking. So I'm useful. Like that's you need need a little bit of belief in yourself because not everyone's built. Like I, I think Kevin Hart was built successful. I know he had a rough. I know he had a rough mm -hmm. childhood. I, but I, there's a part of Kevin Hart that he doesn't get caught up in the bullshit. Mm -hmm. He lets you think whatever he wants you to think about him. But he's gonna outwork you. He's gonna outthink you, and he's gonna out. He's gonna out earn you, no matter what part of the day. Kevin Hart's. I I want I want to say one of the most prolific fucking guys around. Mm -hmm. For sure. But but. Everyone needs that little Kevin Hart moment where you go, I think I can do this. Where I think Kevin showed up and was like, I can do this to everything. I don't think Kevin's ever doubted in himself. Mm -hmm. But like I needed those I need those moments to go where oh I can I can make a little something. I I, I can be uh contributional. I can be I can contribute mm -hmm. to this. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I I think that's and God bless you for doing stand up and getting into stand up and letting the two meet up. Cause that's the move. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I remember Logan Paul. Me and Logan Paul had talked in the beginning, and he kind of was giving me game on the internet because I wasn't making money yet. I was just getting, but they were getting money. So he was sharing information with me, and I was sharing information with him. I was like, "Well, y'all better get on that stand up." Because imagine Logan, Logan Paul would have really did stand up. You would never have had well, this. Logan Paul's an interesting, a really interesting motherfucker. Yeah, I find I'm really fascinated by him and his brother because I think they did it on a different level with the boxing. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I, 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 it's always unclear what people make in those mm -hmm. things. But like, if Logan Paul had gotten into even just live podcasts, mm -hmm. they they would be doing arenas. Arenas, man. Because a lot of people dodge that. I see a lot of comedians 
come up in the game, they get popular online and they dodge stand up because everybody knows stand up the hardest art. I've seen comedians dodge that stage. <laughs> They'll do anything to dodge it. And I'm like, man, you got to go through it because if you ever go through it, man, and learn it, it's a craft that ain't too many people going to learn. No, it's and it takes and it takes a lot of sucking. Yeah. But I think there's a I think there's a correlation in and what I'm so I'm on the other side where I've seen a lot of comics avoid what you're doing because mm-hmm. they don't they don't want to I'm I'm a comedian this is what I do I do this stuff on stage when I, what they're afraid of doing is putting out three videos a day and letting three videos suck mm-hmm. and not getting any traction off of them and then putting out three the next day and letting them suck and then putting out three the next day and having one do pretty good mm-hmm. like that's the thing about you know especially about social media and I I've always said this. Just turn the camera on. That's how you got to start. Mm-hmm. If you turn it on, that's the best way to start. Mm-hmm. And then let the content show up. Mm-hmm. You you will find something there. And don't be afraid to post. I had, a, I had a guy when, when Instagram stories came out. It's one of my favorite stories. Sean Patton. He's one of the best fucking comics. One of the best. Mm-hmm. One of the best fucking comics. What I'm saying, like, one of the most prolifically talented dudes I've ever seen grace a stage. Mm-hmm. He is that good. That, I mean... He's got an NBC special out right now. Everyone should go check it out. He is, or it's on Peacock, I think. Mm-hmm. He is so fucking talented. We went skiing. This is my favorite story about, one of my favorite stories about Sean Patton. And I was trying to explain to him Instagram stories. And I go, just fucking, just post it. And he goes, yeah, but what if it's not right? And I said, don't worry, it's going to be right. Whatever you post is fucking right, just post it. I watched him make a cup of tea uh, in, in Utah. We were mm-hmm. in Utah. And I recorded him on my stories. Uh, making him a cup of tea, and he was trying to put it on Instagram stories, and he was just overthinking it. And he was like, "Hey, everybody, uh, <laughs> hang on, it looks better this way." And so he deleted it. I recorded fifteen times of him trying to make a cup of tea and uh, record it. He never posted it. I had one hundred fifty thousand views on all of them. Yeah, and I was like, and and it was just so funny at him overthinking a guy who never overthinks on stage. Yeah, says whatever the fuck's on his mind on stage. Mm-hmm. But in this moment, he was overthinking it. And that's one of the things that like the older comics could learn from the younger comics is mm-hmm. like just make shit, make it, man. It's it's it's. I think it's a way. Like I think social media is a way that everybody been begging and praying for, and it came and people like you know people been begging for power away from the industry, right? Yeah. Then it came. They're like, no, we want to give our all our power back to the industry. It's like, man, hold up now. You want some independence because the industry don't want nobody unless you already popping now. Let's be real. They like, they're not into that stage anymore of going to the groundwork. No. You know, and they're like. Cecil B. DeMille's gone. <laughs> yeah. It's like, man, nobody ain't going to discover. I remember, man, I remember, um, I, this was our new times that changed. You remember um, Coming to America 2 came out and, and, and the comedian, uh, I'm a fan of him, Jermaine. That movie dropped. I remember the next day he 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 got out. He was on Instagram with the he did a uh, um, post. We had the crown on, and it was like, but it didn't it didn't go viral like he wanted it to or whatever. But imagine t- t- 10, 20 years ago, if he would have dropped that movie like that, you'd have started the next day. I think Tiffany Haddish was the one of the last ones where you could drop, and it just you know that time at like the pandemic just erased that it's like you got already got to be grinding or yeah. you know what i mean you know it's, it's it's weird man it's like the times have changed so much it kind of put everybody on a level playing field and i think it's fair people think it's unfair i'm like no it's fair because now a country boy 
who never nobody never would have seen me. I'm from a town you can't get out of those country towns. No, you know what I mean. I think it's hard to get out of Tampa. Yeah, so it, it's hard <laughs> to get out of Tampa, and y'all yeah, y'all got way more resources than mm-hmm. us. So I feel like the internet made it the playing field level. It's like when Tiger King came out. It was so hilarious because we really don't get to see that. Yeah, you, you know what I mean. But now with everything, you can see everybody. Everybody got a chance, and I believe you know coming from my point of view. Man, I'm like, this is the best thing that happened because I never would have got seen. Because you got to come to L.A. and it cost some. I would have been one of them guys standing on the corner. I probably, I would have had some drugs in my hand. I've been out here selling drugs, trying to survive. So the internet just. Man. You ever see? You ever see Randy? Uh, Randy, wide receiver. Or Randy Moss. Randy Moss. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you ever see him go home? He had. A, I don't know where I saw this, but he went home. To, he grew up in West Virginia, uh-huh. like small town. Mm-hmm. And he said, this is where I would have been. I'm, by the way, I'm sure I'm making this better than it was. Mm-hmm. But he showed where his friends and him hung out when they were young. Mm-hmm. And they were, they were actually still there. Mm-hmm. And he was behind a convenience store. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, hey, what's up? Mm-hmm. And you realize, oh, that, yeah, that is how, I mean, that, I know Tampa is a bigger town than where you grew up or where Leanne grew up. Mm-hmm. But like, you, you do not leave those places. And nah. those places become who you are for the rest of your life. It's hard to get out, and you're right. I, I think people complained for so long. Oh, there's only three tastemakers, NBC, CBS, and ABC. And then there's only 10 tastemakers, HBO, Comedy Central. And now that the Internet's the tastemakers, it almost seems like people want to go back to that old institutionalized comedy where we had to get approved. Yep. They don't want to be free. It's like, man, they don't, a lot of people complain to the opportunity to come because it's not there. So you, it's easy to say, man, if I had that opportunity – Opportunity came, and now it's just it's gonna separate those who lazy and those who work. Yeah, it's it's all about man. Listen, right now it ain't about no color or nothing. You better work, and the internet that's what it is. Just work, like just look look what you got going on. Use use a machine. Start start a podcast. I've always said this to everyone. Yeah, start a podcast and 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 don't care what anyone says. If you enjoy it, then just enjoy it. It feels good. I think a lot of people don't think this way. It feels good to put out content that you're proud of. Exactly. And go like, I'm excited. Like, I'm excited. I hope people like it. Yeah, exactly, man. And, and it sucks when they don't. Yeah, it sucks yeah, suck when they don't. But, hey, but at least we go through the tri- trial area. Most of the time, we go through the tri- trial area a lot before we blow up because we started. Yeah. So we kind of learned the algorithm of. Well, I think I think we we're, we learned how to we learned how to swim in a baby pool. Like we're like when you look at like celebrities trying to like get into get into social media when they're already established celebrities. I think they're afraid of failing. That's why I applaud Will Smith. I know it's mm-hmm. not a popular thing to do in comedy these days. Mm-hmm. I've known Will for a long. I, know, I met Will a long time ago. He was a mentor to me. I still I'll always love Will. But like when he did his YouTube channel, I like he he leaned into social media. I was like, good for him, mm-hmm. good for him because he's already he doesn't need to do that, but he was trying to do it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, man, more more of that shit, mm-hmm. you know. And I, I I think it's fucking awesome. Yeah, because it's the future, man. It's like it's like those people who got into that movies back in the day when theaters was popping. The internet is going to hit his cap, right? But you better get in now. Because you're getting a piece of the beginning. The guys who are in it now strong, you, they're going to be the evolution. They're going to be the the controlling of other people's channels. And like, Yeah, because when you talk about the dope, by the way, I'm, I'm hoping you, you have a book that's, that's out right now, right? Yeah, Help is on the way. Help is on the way. And, mm-hmm. it's, and it's a biography, but it is also 
a uh, a little bit of a self help book. Yeah, it's definitely a self help. And book. I please tell me because I'm all I'm sitting here when you're talking to me is going. You should teach an econ- an economy class based on drug dealing to kids mm-hmm. because th- this is the easiest way to explain when you say. I remember my grand, my father got kilo, got kilos for sixteen. We got it for thirty two. Do I'm, I want to be at the front of something again? Mm-hmm. I remember having that feeling. I remember watching Dane Cook say to me, "This is my space. You should try it." And me going, "No, I'm not going to do it." And I, when Instagram stories, when Instagram showed up, I said, "Oh, this is going to be fun. I'm mm-hmm. better. I'm better. I'm not really good at like typing and telling you about myself. Mm-hmm. I'm better at saying it and doing pictures. And this is my, more my medium." And I was like, oh, I don't want to be caught behind on this. And then when Instagram stories started, and I was like, I was like, oh, I did the same with vlogging. I, I fucking wanted to do a vlog. And with Instagram stories, I remember when they said you could swipe up and sell tickets. It was a game changer. Game changer, man. It's a game changer. You're talking direct to the consumer. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's, yeah, that's how I seen it, man. When I, I used to promote my clothes first. So I just, I understood, man. And it just, to me, it was just like candy. So then what's, so what's going to happen with you? You got your Netflix special. Mm-hmm. You got the book out. Mm-hmm. You got, you got, you're on tour. Yeah, on a tour, and I just I did a show with Taco Watiti and Lisa Kudrow on Apple TV. It come out this year too. That's big. Yeah, that's was, big. He's the biggest director there yeah, is right yeah, now. He was dope man. He's he's fucking so talented. Hey, Jermaine, all those guys. Oh, Ian, for real. And um, Jeff, Jeff directed my um the episode I was on. That's how I met Jeff. Oh, for real. Went, yep. Shut so up. I wanted to be a part of those guys because they they really serious about the art. They still. They serious about the art, man. You got you have the right brain to be around those people, yeah. Because there's cer- there's certain people that look at things as like a a paycheck or I don't even care, yeah. But then you, you take your brain and you're like a sponge. You go in and just start drinking in what they're doing it, how they're doing it, mm-hmm. and I'm certain you take all that and apply it to how you're doing it. Because mm-hmm. your business plan, you said it to me, and I I'm. There's a little bit of a game changer of the way I heard it is you have a movie right now on Amazon Prime, right? Yeah, a movie on Amazon Prime. And, and, I'm, and I'm about to shoot another independent one, but I'm going to try to go through the industry with it. I, I talked to my agent, but I see these movies in my head, and I just want to – and now it's like, man, partnering with the studios, putting them on money, you know, and partnering with them. Because it's like digital, digital, digital real estate. I'm like when, – when I, I flipped the house before, but then when you own a house and you have tenants in it, Gotta fix that AC unit, the roof, the termites, might property taxes. But if you own a movie, it sits up there. You don't got to worry about the lawn getting cut. You don't worry about um, the tenants messing it up. It sits on this. So it's like digital real estate, which they've been on it back in the day. Yeah. But it's like, wow, man, it sits on there. And then if you got a brand, it's you know, if you 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 invest in and I, if I if I wasn't me if I wasn't a brand already I wouldn't do it because it's it's risky yeah but at least you know you got your in house customers they're gonna keep your trap alive and I'm just like now I'm just into these uh, creating these content and these movies using my gift and art and having the business behind it to be like just in case I got something to put towards it too and if y'all don't let me put it towards it, I'm fine with that too but I want a piece of the back end man yeah of course I, you I should just want, I just want a piece of the back end I want to make that money forever also. Yeah, and and I you said it. I forget where you said it, but you said it'd be great to make ten movies, million dollars a piece, and each movie brings in just like, let's say it's three thousand dollars a day. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden you're bringing thirty thousand dollars a day, and then I start I start doing the math, and you go, God damn it! I should have sold drugs when I was younger. <laughs> I think I'd be so much more successful. No, nah, but a lot of people didn't make it out of that drug game. I think other reason I made it out. Hey, a lot of people don't make it out of the comedy game either. Yeah, they don't make. Yeah, they don't make it to a com- comedy. I tell a lot of people though, man, who try coming. I'm like, what should I do? I'm like, first, 
you just ain't good, man. People be trying, so many people trying to do comedy. I'm like, man, listen, everybody's not good. Yeah, but it's the same thing as podcasting. It's like I know people that aren't, I, I've known people who I didn't, who weren't the best comics. I mean, people could say that about me. Honestly, they and I, they have, mm-hmm. but I really enjoyed it and it brought me joy and I had fun doing it. And I think if you love something, you can you can you can do it for yourself. And and I think sometimes if you love it enough, you get better at it. Mm-hmm. And you'll get and I mean I think that's me. I think I was a very derivative comic, probably the majority of my career. But I really loved comedy, and I don't think I understood what an authentic voice sounded like. I probably still don't, but. Uh, I I enjoyed I really enjoyed the riddle of figuring out the joke, the riddle of the like it's un- untangling a necklace is tangled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I loved that in comedy. Yeah, I still love it. And then when you, and you just the problem is if you don't if there's a lot of problems, but if you don't do it enough, then you forget the rhythms and you forget the the things and you start sounding derivative of yourself. You got to do it enough to try to grow, but. And then if you do it too much, I think you can fucking lose your mind. <laughs> but Bert, you know, you feel like everybody cousin though, man. It's like your your comedy is it's like your that thought you have when you put it out, it's like your thought. It's like we get into Bert mind. So you got this <laughs> thing about you, man. You can see it's just it's just per. Oh. Know? You know, everybody just when they see you, like my brother seeing you, he 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 like, oh. You know, it's like you just, man, you just you really you know, the real geniuses are always secret geniuses. Those who walk like a genius act like they're trying to look like a genius. They're not the really geniuses. Genius is always hidden under because you really, you really don't want to. A like genius really don't want to show nobody everything they got because it's like it's pure. Your heart good, so you cl- you careful about who can get close to your heart. Oh, I'm getting you're so funny. You just keep going. I love <laughs> I love the way you fucking you. you I hope yeah. this is all in your book because yeah. this is like it definitely is. this is. Sure. I definitely feel like I definitely feel like I feel like this next month is me building walls around myself. Yeah, you so have I'm, to because I'm, your heart, your heart, man. I'm like that. I can see it in your eyes, man. Your heart so good, you will let everything. We'll say anything. We'll do anything. But the world's not ready for that. The, the world is the world, so we have to. That's good. You see, that's what I need. I need a wife because my problem is, I say after my Netflix special, man, I might get canceled because <laughs> I say what's on my mind. <laughs> but man, I could feel. You know, everybody feels that off you, man. Like I was, just, I was so excited to come here. I'm like, man, it just to meet real people. You know, no, man, I'm a fan. I've been a fan for a while, sure. and I like the one thing. The one thing I don't have is. And I'm sure I have it. I'm sure I'm, I'm fucking full of shit. But like a cynicism about watching people succeed, mm-hmm. I don't have that. And I yeah. and and I I watched I watched a bunch of you guys just kind of blow up. And and at a time where I was a little vulnerable in my life, trying to figure out what am I going to do. Cause what year was it when you actually just catapulted? Uh, I think. I mean, I think 2017. Yeah. I think 2017 is is when. The machine story went viral, uh-huh. but it, but that whole year building up to that, I was doing a lot of, I was doing a lot of bullshit talk and a bullshit theories and like I I just I just didn't I don't I, I was I was the guy going I was the guy saying things about the internet and, and not understanding that this is an opportunity and at, at a certain point I just got lost. I was in Philadelphia the first time I realized it. Where I was like, I re- I was in Philadelphia in like probably 2016, maybe 2015, when I started looking at the internet as like, if I'm enjoying this, why wouldn't I try to make stuff that people would enjoy? Mm-hmm. And um, 
I don't, I don't even think I, I mean I think I had a podcast then. I'm not sure. I'm sure I did, but it wasn't it wasn't on YouTube. I loved Rogan. I watched Rogan religiously, and I was like, if I'm if I'm willing to like veer towards that, I should find other things that I'm interested in and veer towards that. Uh, I want to say Vine was big at the time. Mm. I'm not certain. I can't remember. But uh, but I, that's that's when I, I I got fired from Travel Channel. I got pulled off this tour. All these things happened to me, and I started focusing on me. But in doing that, I got rid of. I would I would argue all of my cynicism and started welcoming anything that came in front of me that was was good. I started going like, cool. All right, let's go there. Let's mm-hmm. let's do that. Like I remember the big thing, um, the big. I mean, I, I would find out what gear people shot stuff with. I would, I would. I mean, I just took in so much content at that time, and uh, and that's when things changed for me. And then, and then I, and then I started believing myself because I it was like, no one, everyone just, not everyone bailed on me. I like my buddies were still there, but like all the industry bailed on me. And I was like, well, fuck them if they don't believe in me. I, I'll just do what I believe is right. Mm-hmm. And then listen to no one. Did everything on my on, on what I thought. I listened to Tommy. I listened to Joe. I listened to like my close friends mm-hmm. about what they were doing and what they were doing was right. And then then uh, the ability to upload things to Facebook, the ability to know how to simply take a video off your computer and put it onto a website. That was a big deal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, for me. And but I learned how to edit. I learned how to do that. I learned how to take control of my own content. And then that's when things started happening. And then I just. Then I stopped listening to everyone entirely and just started doing everything on my gut and going yeah. like, fuck everyone. No one knows. Like, I, I still listen to like, like Rogan said something to me that I think every comic should write in their joke book on the front page, mm-hmm. if not on the fucking cover. And it was be undeniable. Mm. I fucking love that. And he said that to me and I didn't understand it. But mm. I said, I said to myself, I'm going to figure out what that means. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I remember saying to him, I just, Say something else. I don't know what the fuck that means. <laughs> and he goes, just be undeniable. Mm. Be undeniable. When you're undeniable, you'll get everything you want. Mm-hmm. And I, and he goes, you need a Netflix special. You need to be undeniable. Mm-hmm. And I was like, great, Joe. Great, Joe. Thanks, <laughs> Joe. Thanks for the advice. And I took, we were at the comedy store. I took my joke book and I wrote on the very front page, like the, you know, where it says you put your name and stuff and you're, they lose your joke book. By the way, don't ever fill that out. I've lost a joke book. It's out there. I don't know what's written in it. I'm terrified. That's how I'm getting canceled. <laughs> Someone reads my thoughts. They're just thoughts, everybody. Just so we're clear, they're just thoughts. <laughs> the, um, I am, I am waiting for that joke book to show up. I know I left it at the comedy store. I know there's a comic that hates me that has it. Who's going to be like, once they figure out it's mine, they're going to be like, oh, let's ruin this guy. But um, uh, I wrote Be Undeniable, and then one night I watched a guy I really respect try to shuffle around the lineup so that he didn't have to follow me. Mm. And they came up, and they're like, hey, is it cool if Dot Dot goes on uh, uh, after you, and uh, I, or before you? And I went, well, yeah, but I, I, I'm going to get the fuck out of here. They're like, yeah, but he has to get out. And I was like, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. And so he went on, and I murdered after him. And I, But I didn't even really watch his set. Mm-hmm. And then he stuck around to watch me on the second show, so he didn't have to go anywhere. Mm. And, he, and I did the second show, and I went up early, and he came up after me, and he was like, when did you get so funny? And mm. I was like, huh? And I was like, well, he hasn't seen me in a while. And he was like, and then I was like, oh, that's undeniable. 
That's mm-hmm. undeniable. Like when that guy, who I really respected, mm-hmm. uh, when he says he doesn't want to follow me, and, and then and it, what sucks though is you start getting haters. Mm-hmm. You start getting legit haters and p- people that you were friends with, and I'm sure it creeps up on you. But like, like I remember going like, interesting. And then right after that, I I I started. I was selling tickets, and then Netflix showed up, and they were. And I was like, wait, am I? I am undeniably funny. Like you can't deny it. Like yeah. it's, I mean, uh, there's a lot of people I'm sure that could be like, I don't find it that funny. My, yeah. my wife being one of them. But um, <laughs> but yeah, that 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 was when things started happening for me, and I was I would take advice from the people I really respected. Yeah, like Tommy, I I will joke with him all Tom all the time, but he was like he's one of my best. He's my best friend, but I his advice to me has always been like fucking the gold standard because he really thinks about the business. You would have had a you would have had a lot better of a conversation if Tom had been here. <laughs> no. no, man, this is, hey, this, is great, this is a great conversation, man. Brother, I appreciate it. I, I'm a fan. I can't wait to see your Netflix special. Please come back, do Burtcast with sure, to promote sure. it, or, or come do my cooking show. I will both do both, and we'll promote the fuck out of it. I can't wait to see the movie you do with the uh, with uh, the you shot down in New Zealand. Oh yeah, yeah, man. I, um, yeah, it's called, they redid Time Bandits. Whoa, with Lisa Kudrow. Time Bandits? Yeah. It's yeah. a big fucking deal. Yeah, it, yeah, it was crazy, man. It was, I was just glad to be there. I played, I played two different characters. I was a guest star, but they put me in two different episodes. Oh, fuck yeah. I, I played um, Bumpy Johnson, then came back and played uh, African. Oh, for real? Yeah. So I went, I went from, hey, to, hey, what's going on today? Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> so it is African, just the eyes? I guess because it's is, crazy. Is, is, a, is American black dude like this? Hey, and then Africans like hey, yes. yes. I, I switched it, and it's crazy, man. It had everybody from Africa there, so I, talking from Africa for real. So I was the only one going around today, and it was like, okay, hey, what's your African accent, man? What's your African accent? I'm like, oh, is, is this? I said, okay, yeah. So it, it, was, it was crazy. I can't I'm wait. the captain now. Yeah, I'm the captain. Yes, today is very happy. I just got all of a sudden, all of a sudden. Like, oh my god! Oh, <laughs> uh, so tell everyone where they can find you. Your book's out right now. Book out. Help us on the way. It's everywhere, man. It's my life story, but at the same time, I got lessons for your blessings. Um, you can find me on social media, Country Wayne with a K. I'm on Facebook. I'm on YouTube. I'm on Instagram, and uh, yeah, brother, thank you for doing this. No, I appreciate thank you, man, for sure. Hell yeah, my brother. <laughs> my brother. Bert, Tom, Tom, and Bert. One goes topless while the other wears a shirt. Tom tells stories and Bert's the machine. There's not a chance in hell that they'll keep it clean. Here's what we call Two Bears, One Cave. No scripts, a bit of booze, amateur photology. Dirty jokes, raunchy humor, no apologies. Here's what we call Two Bears, One Cave. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because I always wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it an incredible, fast, and easy way to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. You can shop by price, like if you want to find a gift that's $25 and under, or you can bump your budget filter up to $100 if she really deserves a good gift. You can also filter by category like fragrance, handbags, and more. Macy's also offers gift lists, like for moms who have everything. Gifts that are already wrapped and ready to be gifted. Some of the top gifts are Beats headphones, the Studio Pro models, digital photo frames, Polaroid cameras, or the Samsung Smart TV, the frame. 
Let me tell you something. This makes shopping so much easier. I get panic when I shop. I talked about it with Tom. I only shop for myself. So shopping for other people is really difficult, especially for my mom and Leanne, both mothers. But this is making it a no-brainer. So go to Macy's.com slash gift finder to find the perfect gift for this Mother's Day. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder.